if you can pull it off. See, the thing is, is I've never been able to burp on command. Uh, even when I was of an age where that would have been like a cool thing for me to be able to do. Um, nope. Can yep. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I don't know where I don't know where I first picked this up from, but you know that like dripping sound yeah, that people the, make when they like I can't they like it, flick but... their cheek and they make the sound. So I, I, as a kid, remember I got really into doing that, and I just like recently re remembered it, and I do it, and it really it really bugs Lauren. Um, but so I can do like. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very... Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, these are my annoying mouth sounds. <laughs> should, we, should we talk about Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Your move! It's time! To pop up, pop up, pop up, podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 22, Face Off, colon, Part 1. Unfortunately not starring Nicolas Cage. No. Well, no. Yeah, unfortunately not. Uh, yeah, no Nicolas Cage, no John Travolta uh, in this episode, uh, but we are into another three-parter oh boy oh boy uh so far so good though this is turning uh, out to be a much better three-parter than the previous one uh and this one will probably not make me want to tear my own face off face off hey uh did not plan that uh but it just worked out really well uh jimmy uh as we started last week what is something that you recommend that our viewers can do other than watching this week's episode of Yu-Gi-Oh? Well, uh, one thing I could recommend that instead of playing Yu-Gi-Oh, you can instead play uh, card er, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and not to toot my own horn, but toot I just, away. I was I was really hoping you would bring this up. Actually, yes, so please, please I will do. toot my own horn. Thank you. Um, I just started. Well, I didn't just start it, but we just released uh, another podcast called Dungeons Against Humanity, where I play a game of. Um, D&D with my friends, and every time we need inspiration for a place or an NPC, something along those lines, we draw a card from Cards Against Humanity. And it worked out pretty well, I think. Yeah, I... I Okay, I'm going to admit something to you, and is that I haven't had a chance to listen to an episode yet, because we've been busy since you sent me the link. But you've told me about this before, uh, yes. and you've told me about your character... My character is Dmitry Stroganov. He is a warlock who is very dark and scary and uh, brooding and grimdark, and he attempts to make a pact with Subsuckatash, the universe-destroying uh, aberration from beyond space and time. But, unfortunately for him, he messes up some of the sigils and instead becomes a warlock of Shimmerlord, Unicorn Prince of the Empyrean Plains! <laughs> So that's my whole I wasn't my characters. <laughs> so and so Shimmerlord is like this uh chaotic good uh unicorn trickster god who wears 
shutter shades and vapes all the time. And now my poor character is bonded to him and has to do the his bidding and all his magic is like sparkly and basically looks like a Lisa Frank uh, school binder That's or something. fantastic. So if that sounds like uh, something you'd be interested in, you should check it out at DungeonsAgainstHumanity.net. Nice. Nice. Uh, and I've visited the website, at least. I've done that yeah. much. It's a good-looking website. Thank you for getting us the website uh, the, I got you the, the hookup on itself. that one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't make it, but I, I helped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What have you been up to? Man, uh, I have all... I, so I've been trying to figure out what I was going to say tonight. I've also been playing some D&D, um, which has been really fun. We haven't been like recording it or anything, but uh, was it last night, Lauren? We, we Friday night, uh, we uh, got to hang out with some friends and play some D&D. And I think my recommendation is like if you are new to D and D or um, you know maybe want to play like a role playing game that's D and D esque, uh, but don't necessarily want to spend the time like reading through all the books and there are a lot of books and there's a lot of reading or like preparing a lot of material because there are books that are just like here's an adventure and it's like a little novel basically that you read through. Um, reading spells, getting all your stats. Yeah, if- who has time for that? I mean, plenty of people do. And Besides it, me and millions of other yeah, people around the world. Yeah, it's like a good way to spend time, but I, I I, recognize personally that like, for a lot of people, you could just kind of want to skip straight to playing the game. Um, so I really recommend uh, going to the RPG subreddit. It's just reddit.com slash r slash RPG. And do a search for like one-page role-playing games. Um, there's a lot of really good options out there. There's like Honey Heist is a really popular one. Oh, yeah, you told um, me about that one. Which is essentially just you play as uh, bears pulling a, a heist to get honey from HoneyCon 2017. Um, it was made in 2017. Um, there's another one that just came out that uh, I am going to buy as soon as I like get the right number of people to play it. But I think it's like a couple of bucks um, called uh, Crash... Uh, what's it called Crash Pandas? Uh, Crash oh, Pandas is really funny and it looks really good. Uh, and it's you play as six uh, raccoons who are all trying to drive a car at the same time. <laughs> uh, and so you go back and forth between being just like shitty raccoons who are you know stealing food and garbage and shit, and then you get into your getaway car, but you all have to work together to drive the car as a cohesive unit. So one of you has to like drive the steering wheel and one has to work the pedals and uh-huh. one has to like actually look through the windshield. Exactly, exactly. And that it's, sounds and amazing. It, and it's all because you're raccoons, it's all a little bit luck based. So you're like rolling dice to see kind of who is doing <laughs> what. And if it all works out, then the thing actually happens and you kind of like drive your getaway vehicle. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, Crash Pandas. I kept wanting to say Crash Bears, but I think it's because I was talking about Honey Heist. Honey Heist is the other one. Um, if you want like to see the kind of stuff that I'm into, I wrote one called Cyberpunk Day Job, which is on my website. Uh, it's not nearly as good as the other two, but look for like a one-page RPG because typically all the rules are right there. It's everything to get going, um, characters, like plot hook and everything, and just sit down and have fun kind of improving with your friends. I think that's one of the really th- like cool things about your new podcast that really attracted me to the idea is like if you stumble on anything if you like hesitate to be like oh, maybe we should like have prepared an npc or a, or a place name like just draw a card from Car- cards yeah. against humanity like it doesn't need to be anything like 
super serious or carefully executed. You just need a name for something or like an inspiration for something. One um, of our beloved side characters is Leroy Jenkins. There you fucking go. Uh, so yeah, so find a, a simple way to get into tabletop gaming just because it's a great way to sit down and have fun with friends. Uh, it, it's a really great way for like, you know, spending a Friday night if you know that you want to hang out with people, but don't necessarily want to like go out to a bar, but don't necessarily want to be playing Monopoly, you know? Um, yeah. We still need to play um, actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf sometime. We do. You know, I've been wondering if there is a way for us to to do something like that for the show. Um, I, I genuinely don't know if there would be a thing. Uh, but that is another great role-playing game that I recommend people looking into is actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Uh, the rules are free on Reddit, I believe. Um, it's a really, really, really interesting game where you play as... Uh, yourselves, of, basically. Yeah, sort of as, you? as yourselves, uh, alone in the dark in the woods, uh, and your phone battery is dying, and uh, your flashlight starts to give way, and you're being hunted by actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Running in the dark from Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Regular Tuesday for Shia LaBeouf. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, now that you have successfully avoided watching another episode of Yu-Gi-Oh!, we watched it for you. And it's time to discuss that episode. That episode, of course, being once again episode 22 of season one, Face Off, colon, part one. Face Off. So, Jimmy, uh, last week I expressed my sort of feeling of guilt for making you uh, recap two of the three episodes of the last three-parter and then realized that it works out because I'm going to be recapping two of the three episodes of this three-parter. Now it's your turn. (laughs) Uh, Starting with part one of face off and i'm gonna see if i can remember everything that happens here because you felt like it was a long episode there was a lot of stuff that happened i thought i felt like it was a short episode okay and that makes me scared that i wasn't paying close enough attention <laughs> um so the episode begins with uh sort of a recap of what we got previously which was uh kaiba finally finding mokuba in in pegasus's dungeons and being uh confronted by pegasus and pegasus says uh well you can duel me, the thing that you've wanted this whole time. You can duel me and beat me if you want. However, uh, I stole your brother's soul, sucker. Yeah, he's like, you know, I'm going to up the ante a little bit. And he uses the Millennium Eye to magically suck Mokuba's soul into a, um, a Yu-Gi-Oh card, basically, a, a duel monsters card. And he says, you can get your brother's soul back if you beat me in a duel. And I won't let you beat me in a duel or even duel me at all until you've beaten Yugi in a duel. Uh, and so the, the action kind of starts there, and Kaiba's asking Pegasus, like, why would you why would you do this? Like, why would you even bother setting all this up? What do you actually <laughs> want out of this? And Pegasus says, like, really what I want is to see if you can beat Yugi. He's the only person to have ever beaten you, and losing to him completely broke you as a person, and I want to see if you're even capable of this. Because if you're not, you have no business dueling me, and you know, then you just need to GTFO basically. Uh, and so he says, "Well, he just loves pitting these these kids against each other to play card games." Yeah, and he does a, a very incredibly Pegasus thing, which is um, if you uh, haven't watched the show with us at all, go and and look up a, a picture of Maximilian Pegasus on like Google images or something. He wears sort of this, like he wears a red coat, 
um, and he has a, a white undershirt that's got a real like frilly collar. Uh, and in lieu of a, of a tie or a bolo or something, he's got this sort of thin black cord that's tied into a, a bow tie. Kind it of. looks like if Inuyasha had a really obnoxiously dressed uh, brother, like twin brother. Yeah, he looks like if Inuyasha had, um, <laughs> uh, had a brother who went to like New York Fashion Week too many times and was kind of just a conglomeration of the last six seasons worth of fashion. Um because it, it it like wants to be high fashion very badly, but might be a couple different <laughs> versions of it. Um, but so anyway, so he has this like black cord, right? And uh, it's tied into a bow tie. And as he's telling Kaiba kind of what his reasons are uh, for, you know, making them duel, he unties the bow and he holds the two ends and says that, you know, he really wants to see the the sort of push and pull of, uh, Yugi versus Kaiba, you know, good duelist against good duelist. He wants to see sort of the uh, the forces of will against each other, and he's, he does this thing where he pulls back and forth on the ends. Yeah, like, like he's flossing his the back of his neck yeah, through his collar, and it's like the thing that you can do with like a like a hoodie. You know, the yeah. the, the pull tabs on a hoodie. Like he just kind of goes back and forth, and then he just reties it, and he he. Uh, he, he as he's tying it what does he say he's like uh, and then i want to see everything wrapped up in a neat little bow as he ties a bow and it's very uh it's very pegasus <laughs> he's been practicing that move he absolutely has is the thing and i think that's maybe what made it st- like stand out for me is oh no he's done this in the mirror like a thousand times like not necessarily for kaiba but just he knows that someday he's going to be able to give that speech to somebody and he's going to do everything he can to put himself in that he's position he's got to practice his fucking monologues oh absolutely absolutely he does um so we cut from that to uh what i mean he says some other stuff about like basically kaiba doesn't have a choice because either way he's got mokuba's soul at this point and he can do whatever the hell he wants uh kaiba accuses him of not being human uh and pegasus says oh no he's you know he's very human he's just more gifted than most and he tosses some star chips uh at kaiba's feet and says that he'll need those for for dueling you uh yugi um then we cut to which is kind of funny because i don't think uh kaiba has the gauntlet thing no he's just got to hold him in his hand i guess yeah. i don't know <laughs> in a keep, pocket keep in a pocket yeah so uh then we cut to the uh, the Scooby Yang, uh, Yugi and Bakura and uh, Joey and Taya and Tristan, Yugi Doogie Doo, uh, <laughs> uh, all coming out of uh, the Let's cave. face it, Joey's the dog. Yeah, well, I mean, we're gonna get to that. Uh, although he looks more like Shaggy, he does. He does. He? he wears. He's got blonde hair. He wears green. Anyway, um, so they are exiting the cave. They're exiting the cave slash labyrinth thing now that they've beaten the Paradox Brothers, who I will never, ever speak of again. Uh, and uh, they're like, wow, sunlight. Uh, and Some say they're trapped underground to this day. <laughs> and Bakura does like, Bakura has a reaction to the sunlight, which is genuinely surprising to me because he goes, oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> like he's never seen sunlight oh. in his goddamn life. And I kind of worry for the him. surface like, world. Is that why? Like, is that why he's so pale? Is that why his hair is white? Has he just never seen the sun? Well, he is from England. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> uh, so they they uh, they sort of come out of the labyrinth, and they're all so thankful to see the sun again. 
and uh, Bakura's uh, Millennium Ring starts acting up again, and one of the arrows starts pointing to Pegasus's castle, which is conveniently right there yeah. at the end of the labyrinth. They come out like literally right underneath it. Yep, basically, exactly, exactly. And so they're like, "Well, that's exactly where we're going." So uh, directly next to the staircase, I might add, to the yeah. main doors. Yeah, it's really weird. So they they look immediately to their right, and there's the entrance to Pegasus's castle, which is a um, I mean, it's it. I guess it's what a crazy to, random happenstance. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to find words to describe the castle because it's supposed to be kind of like a medieval castle, but it's all brownstone for some reason. And the stairs, the sort of grand, grand staircase leading up to it, uh, has the feel of like, like a Mayan, uh, like ziggurat, mm. you know, where it's just stairs and 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 stairs. And then the entrance, it doesn't like, and there's not like a moat or anything. No. And there's nothing, there's no real point for the stairs because the entrance is just like a normal door. Well, like it's a, a castle door, but. But like, it's not like a big gate or anything. No. It's just like, oh, well, there's. It's the, just there in the side of the building. Yeah. So it's like somebody just forgot to put lower stories on this building. They just started building a castle, and they're like, "Oh well, we put the hall in the in the middle, I guess. So that's where the door's got to go." Well, <laughs> well, here we go. It's stairs time, I guess. Anyway, uh, it's it's a cartoon. I don't need to make sense of it. Um, so they yeah, Pegasus <laughs> probably helped design it. So. He probably got it from cartoons, maybe. Well, and you know what What probably happened is that's a good point. Pegasus did design it, and I bet you he designed it for the two moments we have coming up. Uh, so as they start to walk away, Taya uh, looks at Yugi and has this kind of internal monologue where she's like, wow, everything's really working out for Yugi finally. Like, he's turned out to be a really good duelist. He's gotten the 10 star chips. He's getting ready to face Pegasus. Um, he's really, like, coming into his own. I'm really proud of him. Uh, and it's almost like... When he duels, uh, he gets more confident. Like he's like a whole other person. Uh, you know, it's like there's a like there's a strong spirit uh, inside of him that teaches him how to duel better. You know, it's almost like there's two Yugi's. Dun dun dun. And then all of her repressed memories come back from when they were in the shadow realm, and she goes, "Wait a second, there are two Yugi's, aren't there?" <laughs> uh, when we were in the shadow realm, oh yeah, we were in the shadow realm. Uh, there was the big serious Yugi who is dueling and uh, there was little Yugi and she says little Yugi, which I think is hilarious uh, right there (laughs) with us. And it was like big Yugi was guiding little Yugi through the duel. Uh, Taya is the first person in all of Yugi's life to notice that he gains like a foot in height. Yeah. And And he completely changes voice and personalities. It's crazy (laughs) that it's taken 22 episodes to get to this place because people witness it every time. Every time there is at least one witness. He never, this never happens in private from what we can see. And of course, why would it? He's not, you know, typically dueling just like on his own. Um, mm, uh, And... Uh, I wonder if it's it works on like Harry Potter rules where it happens all the time, but it's like charmed so muggles can't see it and everyone just doesn't look at it. See, that's that's what I wonder because we've seen, I think, three people react to it for certain. Um, Kaiba reacted to it once when he saw Yugi become more serious, but we don't really know why he reacted. Like, was he reacting to Yugi's like change in demeanor or the fact that he grew two feet and his voice dropped? <laughs> um, 
yeah, you know, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, but so Taya starts thinking about like, you know, oh yeah, I'm like really proud of Yugi, and uh, you know, we we should kind of figure out like what's going on here if there's something sort of serious behind this like two Yugi's thing that I'm suddenly remembering. So she uh, is staring at Yugi this whole time and Yugi finally turns to look and he's like, what? What's up, Taya? <laughs> you okay? Uh, and she goes, oh yeah, no, I'm fine. Yugi, do you ever think about, and then she's interrupted by uh, Tristan, Taya and, and uh, no, Tristan, Joey and Bakura uh, who are now halfway up the stairs being like, okay guys. Yeah, they're at least like, <laughs> Two minutes up this uh, this massive staircase. Yeah, and we suddenly realize that Taya's internal monologue is in real time. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they're like halfway up the stairs and like, okay, are you are you coming? And we kind of need you to get into the castle, right? Like, oh, none of us are supposed to be here, <laughs> except for except for you, except for Joey, except, except for well, not even Joe. Well, no, yeah, I guess Joey's supposed to be there now. Yeah, he has star chips now. Um, and and Yugi. Um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, we're coming, and uh. Taya's like, you know, oh no, it's it's nothing. I'm just, you know, really excited for you to finally like defeat Pegasus and get your grandpa back. And Yugi's like, yeah, me too. Well, better be off. And he turns, and the first thing he does is trip on a rock and fall face first. <laughs> and Taya's like, is that how you're gonna save your grandpa? Really? <laughs> Which is really kind of a mean line. It's a really mean line. And Yugi, oh, you're going s- to save your grandpa's soul like this? <laughs> you fucking klutz. <laughs> Uh, and Yugi turns around, doesn't even pick himself up yet. He just turns around and he shoots her this like dead ass glare and he goes, saved you, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and, and at first I'm thinking like, oh, he means in the shadow realm when everyone's mortal soul was at stake. Uh, but no, actually, Taya goes, that's right. You did save me. And then we like ripple fade to a flashback. This is the, I'm going to say it right now, this is the best moment of the episode. Jimmy got so excited when this happened because this is something that was kind of a thing in, yes. in this, the original series. This was a flashback to the original anime episode two. Ah, okay, okay. Which we, we have not watched, or you've watched, but I have not watched yet. Um, It'll be our second bonus episode whenever that goes up. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so it cuts to a flashback of Taya working at a burger joint uh just like a kind of like just a burger diner basically like a 50s style diner almost uh and she is uh i guess a like a greeter or a hostess or waitress oh but like not just a waitress but just like here's the person who meets you at at the front right yeah um and who should walk in but joey and yugi and she starts giving her little spiel about like welcome to the burger shack how can i make your day great and realizes that it's these two assholes and goes, oh, shit, what are they doing here? They shouldn't be here. They could get me in a lot of trouble because you're supposed to be 18 to work here. And she's, you know, what, a sophomore in high school, we're thinking? Something like that, Probably. Yeah. Um, so she's like, if they give me away, I could get fired or or worse, which is a reasonable thing, I think, to, to think. And probably a reasonable, like, a reason you would want to avoid these people. Yeah. Uh, and... They notice her right away, and somehow uh, she ends up being uh, their waitress and, like, waits the table for them. And uh, it cuts to them kind of, like, sitting at the at the diner table, this, like, booth that they got. 
and Joey is, you know, on one side and Yugi's on the other and Joey's got his arms spread out and he's leaning his head back and he's He's just a cool Brooklyn dude. Yeah, you know, he's he's really taking it easy. He's taking a load off. He's gonna get a burger. Uh and uh he sighs and you know, he I'm trying to just like I wanna describe the look that he has on his face because he has the look that he's given in the show previously when he's about to say something really shitty. You know, like he's about to really just just lay it into somebody. You know, I, I really don't like this guy. Uh, but he's he, he sighs and he like looks around and he says to you, you know, we should really get to know Taya better. <laughs> and he's like, I really want to be better friends with her. And 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 uh, Yugi goes, yeah, she's really nice and like smart. And he goes, yeah, she really has it together. You know, <laughs> she's she really seems to know what's what. And then. Taya just like fucking drops this tray of food in front of them, you know, like a couple burgers and fries and, and uh, sodas or whatever. And it's just like, all right, listen up. And she just starts squirting ketchup onto the table. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming on the fries. We don't see the fries. And she's like, listen, y'all are going to say anything. You are not going to ruin this for me. I don't want you to say anything. See, here's where it starts to deviate from the original a little more because in the original, she she actually writes out on with ketchup on their burgers. You'd better not say anything or something along oh, those that's lines amazing. as like a threat. And then she's like acting real nice, but then they like look down and it's like this threat written out in ketchup. Oh, I love that. What happens here is still pretty good because it's like she pours enough ketchup that it starts splattering. Yeah, it and- like bursts onto their faces yeah and it kind of looks like blood stains a little bit so it makes everything like really extra gruesome as uh she's like facing them like being like all right you better better zip it and you know making the little like uh finger across the throat emoji uh emoji god who am i what have i become uh dang kids yeah emoji emojis and your fortnights (sighs) don't get me started um (laughs) All right, so so that happens, and uh, they're like, "No, we're like we're not gonna, we're cool. We think that you're cool. Like we're all fine here." And she goes, "Oh, really? Because like, you know, because I don't want to be doing this forever." Do you think this is what I want to do with my life? Oh, that's right. She starts defending herself just yeah. for no reason. She's like, "I'm. This is not what I want to do for forever." And they're like, "Well, what what do you want to do?" And she goes, "Well, just wait till I graduate." I'm going to use the money that I'm saving up from this job to uh, study ballet in New York, in New York, New York. And uh, and Joey goes, I'm ballet dancing here. And Joey has the best line, I think, of this entire episode where she goes, I'm going to study ballet. And Joey goes, (laughs) I forgot about parking cars, huh? And she goes, no, not ballet, ballet, (laughs) (laughs) which uh, is just perfect. Um, And she's like, yeah, I'm going to study ballet in New York. And that's. That's what I want to do with my life. And she uh, is is really just getting defensive as she's saying this. She, she's like even prefacing it with like, okay, don't don't like fucking laugh at me. Don't say anything. But like this is my dream. And she says it and they're just like, yeah, that, sound, that sounds great. And she goes, oh, you're not, cool. you're not laughing at me? Like I thought everyone would make fun of me. And they're like, no, you have a dream and you want to go for it. And you're like, you're taking actionable steps to make your dream a reality. That's really cool. And she's like, oh, well – Thanks. That's rad. Okay. Enjoy your burgers, I guess. And like leaves. Um, and then the next day at school, uh, she gets to her locker and opens up her locker and finds uh, a like postcard, I guess. Yeah. Um, like it. Sort of a large card. 
in her locker, which is a little creepy to me because it has a combination lock. Right? Didn't it? Something along Her school lines. locker? It was locked in some way. Usually they have like it's not called an opener. slats that you can like... But it was like, but it was like placed like delicately on top of something else. Like it was clearly put there, not just like shoved in. So anyway, so I'm I'm maybe he did use his magic to pick the lock. Oh, that could be, that could be. I'm just worried about Taya's security. It's time to pick the lock. (laughs) So she she gets this card, and the card says, um, "This is a creepy part to me." Yeah, so this is a little weird, and it's, uh, "Hey." We uh, found out about this dance studio that we really want to show you. Uh, Not even a dance studio, a room in a warehouse that you could use as a dance studio. Oh, that's right. That's right. So we found a place for you to practice your ballet, basically, is what they're saying. We want to meet you there at such and such a time, signed Joey and Yugi. Uh, And she is like, oh, well, that's so sweet. That's awesome. And yeah, this part gets a little bit creepy for me because she goes to the, the location at the time and Yugi and Joey aren't there, uh, but as she walks into this like dark, empty room, this dude in sunglasses shows up behind her, and it's just like, "All right, lady, give me all the money in your purse, or else," and like starts making advances towards her, uh, and like is is like threatening her unless that you know it, it you know yeah unless she gives him all of her money i guess i i don't know but she's like not carrying a purse or anything and she's like trying to protest but he keeps like getting closer and closer um and she i there's something else that happens in here is that right or or does she just like go straight to yelling which is probably the best she i think she goes straight to yelling and then the door like swings open wide behind them and then yugi is just immediately there like flying through the air at this dude that's right yeah 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 which is heroic i guess but yugi's like three feet tall so he comes up to this yeah. guy's like groin region um and it's just kind of like grabbing him around the waist i guess uh but so he tackles the guy and uh you know everybody falls over Taya falls backwards out of surprise uh the the mugger falls forward and uh what a- well, yugi, yugi gets knocked away that's right behind, yeah, behind he gets, the like, guy kicked right yeah and then Taya uh, jumps on the guy and, like, bites his arm. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, there's a weirdly animated scuffle here that's kind of just like a fight montage almost. Uh, and uh, so he gets kicked away. Taya bites the mugger's arm. She gets, like, tossed to the other side of the room. Yugi stands back up, and his Millennium Puzzle activates. Uh, and he goes through the whole, you know, shouting Yu-Gi-Oh! Magical Girl transformation sequence uh, and becomes Big Yugi. Uh, and Big Yugi is like, uh, you, you will not lay a hand on her. Be gone, felon. Uh, and, uh, the, the guy is like, are you, are you serious? Like, I'm just gonna probably have to kill you now. Like, I've got a better idea. How about you play a game with me? Yeah. And, uh, and the game, yeah, he's, well, he says it very specifically and I'm struggling to remember it now. Um, but yeah, he's like, you know, maybe instead of robbing this girl like maybe you would just like play this game and if you win you get her money but if you lose i get to decide your punishment is what he says in his in his deep he doesn't even say that he says you leave her alone instead of i get to decide your punishment no he no he says yeah he says i get to decide your punishment oh if you lose he says it in those exact like i remember that much uh and the guy's like so i was really 
excited to see like original like trickster Yugi. Yeah, show up. and I think you were probably expecting it to be more like the original series, which there yes. is a scene that I'm at least familiar with just through gifts of uh, Yugi putting the lighter on the dude's hand. That was this exact episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but it's not that. No. So the guy goes, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll play your game. Fine. Because uh, I'll win. Uh, and if I don't win, I'll kill you. Uh, and Yugi pulls out a deck of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Oh, no, no, real no shadow, shadow games, games here. Yeah. Just more cards. Just more cards. So he says, uh, we'll each draw a card and, or he, he insults the guy first, which is always a good choice when facing a mugger. Uh, he says, uh, the, this game has rules simple enough that even you can understand. Uh, See, I was totally expecting him to just like sit down for like five minutes and teach this guy how to play <laughs> uh, dual monsters before then All right, like, challenging this is him dual to monsters. the game. So each of us has a deck of 40 cards and we start with 2,000 life points. Uh, you, d- <laughs> you draw five cards and I'll draw three cards, but I'll draw up to five cards on my next turn. And if you have a monster card, you can play it in front of you, but it can't attack because that's got summoning sickness. <sighs> um, yeah, so anyway, so he says, uh, we'll each draw one card. And whichever card has the highest attack power wins. Uh, And the guy's like, okay, cool, fine. I'll draw first. And he draws a card. And uh, he draws uh, Curse of Dragon, which has uh, 2,000 attack points. And he's like, all right, my numbers are real high. Like, you're not going to beat this guy. Uh, And Yugi smiles and, like, his third eye glistens. Uh, Glistens glistens a weird word for that. His third eye shimmers. Yeah, it sparkles. Uh, and which we don't really see a whole lot of in this no, show. No, we see it more in this episode than we've seen in the entire season so far because it happens twice later on too. Um, but we see it here, I think, for the first time. We see it when he stands up in this flashback, and then we see it again in this shot. Um, and he draws a card, and he draws Dark Magician because, of course, which has twenty five hundred attack points. Uh, so he's like, "Well, I've got more attack points, so I win." And the, the, the mugger guy is just like, yeah, well, I don't give a shit about this card game you're making me play. I'll just kill you right now. Yeah, and he like makes a, a move to grab something. I I am positive that I'm positive that in an earlier edit he had a gun in this scene, probably um, just from like the way his hands look and stuff. But anyway, so he lunges at Yugi, and Yugi goes, "Not so fast!" Uh, and he does uh, sort of a waves his hand at the guy as like not quite a Jedi mind trick, but not quite like a force push, but like a, I'm a magician. I wave my hand at you. Uh, and he says, uh, what does he say? He says like mind, mind break, mind crush, mind crush. Thank it you. It was the same thing that he did to, uh, Kaiba in yes, the first episode with the exact same visual effect where it shows the portrait of the guy, uh, in, in shock and horror, and then it, the colors all invert, and everything cracks like cracked glass, and then falls away like a cheap After Effects disintegration effect. Uh, yeah. Which it 100% was. Oh, it absolutely was. There was zero effort put into that. Um, yeah, and so then we come out of the flashback uh, as Yugi has saved Taya from uh, the, the mugger, and... Well, do we come out of the flashback, or is it the next day? In the flashback. No, it's like right afterwards in the flashback. Because Taya is like groggily like awakening. Uh-huh. And she sees full-grown Yugi or That's right. Pharaoh Yugi there saying, don't worry, it's going to be all right. That kind of thing. Right, right, right. But then we come out of the flashback and, and she's asking him about that day, right? 
Yeah, so we come out of the flashback, and Yugi again realizes that Tay has just been staring at him for like five minutes straight. They have not moved from this spot, uh, and he's like, "Are you are you okay?" I, I asked if you remembered that time that I saved you, and she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember." Um, hey, uh, weird weird question. Uh, how did you defeat that that mugger? Like, how did you get rid of him? And Yugi goes, oh, uh, not weird, uh, except I don't remember. I have zero recollection of that entire event. <laughs> I was knocked out, too. And then I, when I came to, he was, like, knocked out or something. But that's not weird at all, right? And I'm always blacking out around things. That's what normal people do, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And Tay goes, do you... Second weird question. Do you ever feel like there's, like, a spirit inside of you that, like guides you when you're dueling or like in moments of crisis a little man inside you yugi uh or a big man inside you rather i guess is the question um and yugi's like yeah you know i i do kind of feel like there's a there's like a voice or a presence kind of guiding me in my duels so like that makes sense sure um that's not worrying at all right like i can just have a have a burly man's voice in my head telling me how to play a children's card game that sounds fine what could possibly go wrong? And, and like, I really wish that I was kind of, like, making light of this situation, but this is exactly how Yugi approaches this. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. No, I have a, I have a spirit uh, in my head just telling me how to play cards. <laughs> yeah, you don't? That's weird, Taya. You're weird. Taya, you're but weird. But how do you play card games? <laughs> if you don't have a ghost telling you what to do. Yeah, and t- controlling your every move well, that and you can't remember. And Taya is not, you know, not dueling at Duelist Kingdom, so clearly she doesn't. Nobody in this damn show is weirded out by the existence of magic. No, not at all. It's completely normal uh, until it's, like, plot relevant for them to be surprised. Yeah. So they get through that awkward conversation and decide to resume walking up the steps to join the guys. And as they begin walking up the steps... I uh, want to point out one thing. That whole flashback was in color. Once again, it confirming was. your... Uh, Thank you! Your uh, colorblindness theory. I am not crazy. Okay, so for those of you who are just joining this, A, I'm sorry. B, welcome. C, um, I have this theory that has no impact on the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! at all. Uh, and that is that there is one colorblind character in this world, and that is Mokuba. Mokuba Kaiba. It's worse than colorblind. He's like, he has dog vision almost. Almost. Yeah, he's got, he's like colorblind with a bit of glaucoma. Uh, And the reason for that is because we have several episodes with flashbacks, including this one, and most flashbacks are in color. And there are some important flashbacks that are not. They're in black and white with a really heavy vignette on them. And, uh, there were three that come to mind. One is Mokuba Kaiba thinking of Seto Kaiba and how when they, uh, when their parents died, you know, Seto was saying he was always going to take care of them. Uh, and that was in black and white with this vignette. Another is a flashback that Yugi saw through Mokuba's brain somehow using the third eye. Do you remember this? This I was, don't remember so this, this was, happening. This was right before Yugi battled evil Kaiba or Kaiba's evil self. Right before that, Mokuba, we think, is the one having the flashback because it's all from Mokuba's perspective. It's about Seto and their relationship. And then it cuts back to the non-flashback 
and it cuts to Yugi going, ah, I understand now. And, and it is revealed that actually Yugi was the one seeing that flashback. I don't remember that. Somehow, and, and it, okay, it's probably, just, it to me again. probably just bad editing, but Yugi can see flashbacks is what I'm getting at. But that one was also in black and white with the vignette, even though it was Yugi having the flashback. The third was in the last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago. Mokuba the one a, episode that was three episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so in that three-parter somewhere, Mokuba has another flashback of Seto and Mokuba at the um, the orphanage uh, having like a birthday party, I think, or anyway, they're just having fun together. And that same flashback is played twice in that episode, once from Mokuba's perspective and once from Seto's perspective. Seto's perspective is in color while Mokuba's is not. So my conspiracy theory is, is actually somebody on this team is a better storyteller than we're giving them credit for, except their story is just that Mokuba's colorblind. Anyway, because all of his memories are in black and white. Uh, anyway, now, now that we've completely derailed the episode. <laughs> with, they're walking up the steps still. They're walking up the steps still, and Joey goes, uh, or maybe Tristan says it. Uh, hey, look who's up there, blocking our way. And they, the camera pans up to reveal who else but Seto Kaiba waiting who for them. Who else but Kaiba? Kaiba, Kaiba, uh, and Kaiba. Uh, is standing there, uh, his sort of signature trench coat billowing in the in the breeze. Arms crossed, he's just glaring down at them. And uh, and uh, I forget who talks to him first, but Yugi's like, "All right, Kaiba, like I don't have to duel you. I have ten star chips. Get I'm out of the way, to, Kaiba. I'm here to fight Pegasus. Like, let us through." Uh, and Kaiba goes, "No, I can't let you do that. I have to duel you first. Um, and Yugi's like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, and Yugi's like, no, we we really don't. Like, I get it. I beat you the once. Like, it's fine. I'm I have bigger fish to fry, basically. Uh, and Kaiba starts like goading him on. He's like, what are you scared that you can't beat me? That you're not a better duelist than me? That you can't beat me without Exodia? Uh, that's it, isn't it? Like, you're scared that you can't beat me without Exodia because you're not as good a duelist as me. And he starts like kind of making fun of him. And Joey's, like, getting really angry at this point. He's going, like, no, honestly, like, we have important things to do here. Like, there are lives at stake. Uh, please move. And uh, a few weird things happen as he does that because he, like, lunges up the stairs. Tristan yeah, grabs Yeah, he's ready him, to go, like, punch out Kaiba. Which I would really be into watching because we know that Kaiba would just, like, judo flip him probably off the side of this castle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just give no fucks about it. Uh, but, uh, Tristan grabs Joey to sort of hold him back. Bakura says down boy. Yeah. Which is real weird. Wow. Rude. Uh, and then Kaiba goes, oh yeah, they're still hanging out with this barking chihuahua. Uh, <laughs> Joey gets super mad that he gets called a chihuahua. Yeah. Well, cause he's, you know, he doesn't like being called a dog and yeah. everyone knows this and everyone uses this against him. Uh, and he's like, don't call Joey. me a chihuahua. Like I'll take you on here and now. And, uh, Kaiba like notices that he's got the 10 star chips and he goes, Oh, okay. You've got 10 star chips. Now, did you get all those on your own? Or did Yugi throw you a few bones? Just like really continuing this dog thing. And Joey's like ready to go at it, you know? Uh, and, uh, Yugi goes, well, no, like Joey's here of his own accord. You know, he, he earned those. Um, but you didn't clearly like you didn't want to do this. Why are you, why do you want to duel me, uh, now of all times? And Kaiba goes, 
you know, when we dueled last, you said that you won because of the heart of the cards. And I made fun of you for a real long time because of that. Like I didn't believe in the heart of the cards and I spent a lot of time thinking about it and thinking about like the way that your grandpa said to duel with the heart of the cards and realized that the reason I didn't believe in it is because I didn't have anything to duel for. And now I do. And now I know that there's a reason to put my heart into my cards. Uh, and he like opens up his, uh, his locket and looks at a picture of Mokuba again. Um, he doesn't like explain why, you know, exactly he thinks all these things now, like he doesn't say anything about Mokuba, but he kind of gives this like earnest plea of, of, Hey, you know, it's not that I'm a bad guy or anything. It's just like, I have something that I'm fighting for as well now. Uh, and then he like actually like is really polite and says, please duel me. Yeah. 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 He, he like actually makes a, a request of it rather than just demanding. Uh, and Yugi goes, well, you know, okay. I like, I guess a, I have no choice and, and B like that's, that means a lot coming from Kaiba. Um, so they, uh, agree to duel and they, are somehow instantly on the top of the castle. Uh, yeah. And there are these two towers uh, that are like pretty close together. Uh, I can't really tell where on the castle this is, but they're pretty close together and there's a little walkway between them. Uh, and uh, Kaiba is on one at the top of one little tower and uh, Yugi's at the top of the other little tower. And there's like a T shape with the two towers forming like mm-hmm. the ends of the T. And then there's like, another passage or path coming over and joins with the main building. That's right. Yeah. Cause yeah, we so see there's... it from another angle later on. And then the rest of the, <laughs> this really cracked me up. The rest of the, the castle is just completely flat. Uh-huh. And it's like, why did you guys go and choose the single most dangerous place that you could possibly have to duel on I mean, instead was... of the middle of this castle? It was tower. clearly built for like this explicit purpose. That yeah. was the thing. Like this is definitely Pegasus just being like, Oh, that would look like that would look really cool duel in there. Like, yeah, let's let's do that. Um, it's it's basically just the dueling towers. I yeah. think it was really the whole point. Um, and Kaiba uh, introduces this technology that he's been working on these holographic discs, his Beyblades, his Beyblades. Uh, and he says to Yui, like, put your shuffled deck sort of into the uh, the wrist mounted uh, gauntlet and uh, put the cards that you want to play in this spinning thing and, and throw it. And when you throw it, the hologram will come up. And it's he, like a big, uh, it's like a cross between a yo-yo and a top. Yeah, yeah. So it's got like a tether strap to it so they can recall it, but they throw it like a Frisbee and it just continues to spin on the ground. And while it spins, a little hologram comes out of the card that they played. Uh, we saw this briefly in... Uh, in Kaiba's duel with Joey a few episodes back um, before the three-parter. Uh, but yeah, so he demonstrates by playing his card, uh, which was Hitomi Giant, I think. I, I don't know. Remember. It was it, it was unimportant because the then Yugi plays his first card, uh, which was um, Curse of the Dragon, and uh, that had more attack points, so it killed Kaiba's monster easily. And everyone cheers, and Joey says, yeah, he's got Kaiba on the ropes already, and all these things. And meanwhile, uh, who should we see approach Pegasus's castle? Just randomly. Just so happened to be the right timing. Our good friend Bandit Keith. The all-American duelist, Bandit Keith, walks up and is greeted by Kimo at the door. And Kimo says... 
Uh, well, you've got 10 star tokens. I can see that. And you, yeah, you earned the right to dual Pegasus. But uh, you know what I recommend doing first? Like, because really there's not many other people here yet. I'd recommend going upstairs to see the duel that's going on. Like, shit's going to go down. It's going to get crazy. And Bandit Keith's like, well, I've yeah, got nothing better to do. Sure. Yeah. I've been walking a while. Why not? I'll, t- I'll take a load off and watch a duel happen. Uh, and he starts walking up the stairs and he looks up at this like dueling platform and sees that it's <laughs> Yugi and Joey and Tristan and Bakura and Taya. And he goes, what are, how did they get here? I thought I locked them away in a cave forever. <laughs> I thought I just committed five murders, but here <laughs> they are on the top of this castle. And he's so, he's not like disappointed. He's just kind of confused <laughs> that his murder didn't happen. He's just like, huh. What are they doing here? Yeah, I didn't realize there was another exit to this cave. <laughs> My carefully concocted plan didn't go off uh, without a hitch, I guess. Or did it went off with a hitch? I don't know how you would... Fra- I don't know. Anyway, so he's like kind of disappointed, but he just keeps walking. Uh, and then we cut back to the duel. And uh, everyone's saying how great a job Yugi's doing. They're cheering him on. And uh, Kaiba says, well... Sure, fine, you beat my first monster, but really I wanted you to because I'm going to play this monster. And he plays this, like, I forget the name of the card, but it's like this Oni, like, demon samurai warrior kind of looking sword, thing. It had sword in its name. What was it? It was something sword master. Sword. sword it was like sword lover? No. I mean, you you were the one who was just pulling up the notes. Yeah, here, let me. God, uh, was it sword lover? No, no, it wasn't Sword Lover. Sword Stalker. Sword. That was it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sword Stalker, but not who just love stalking swords. But not like collecting swords, like <laughs> not like organizing them on a shelf, but like following them home. You're just creeping on them. Okay. Just love creeping on swords. Uh, so anyway, so this creepy sword guy uh, apparently has a power where. Uh, any monsters in uh, the the player's graveyard power up this sword guy's sword uh, by 20%. And 20% seems like a... It seems weird to throw around percentages in this game because like that seems like a lot of math to expect like a six-year-old to do or whoever the show is <laughs> targeted towards. <laughs> like, I would struggle doing this math I don't know, they just off the top have... of my head. This show has a lot of math going on, and they like actually put like the numbers up on the screen for their life points and everything. Yeah, which I guess is good because then, like, you know, if you wanted to play along at home and kind of quickly do the mental math of like, okay, what's twenty uh, percent of eighteen hundred? Um, you know, that that's fine. Got to uh, teach the kids math. Yeah. So anyway, so the the moral of this story is that the numbers go up. Uh, and when the numbers go up, the numbers are higher than the other numbers. So the sword stalker defeats the curse of dragon and deals some damage to Yugi and everyone goes, Oh no, we never could have expected this. Well, it doesn't do that yet. Oh no, that's right. That's right. Pardon me. Thank you. Um, so it doesn't, uh, do damage to Yugi because the curse of dragon disappears and, uh, Kaiba goes, uh, what? Uh, and oh, which reminds me again, Kaiba, this whole time they're like on the top of a castle, right? And then they were at like these before that, they were at the top of these tall stairs outside a castle. And the whole time, Kaiba's talking like this, and Yu Gi Oh will defeat you, and I must fight you in a duel because I have finally learned about the heart of the cards. And he's like doing that kind of like horse, 
like whisper that's not a whisper thing, but also doesn't I'm get Batman. it doesn't get much louder in volume than that. And I can't imagine that they were able to hear him very well if there was any sort of breeze happening. It's the top of a very like barren castle in the middle of an island. It's got to be super windy up there. I really wanted there to be a scene where he's like, and now I play uh, this magician card, and Yugi's like, what? Uh, this magician card. What? <laughs> <clears throat> I said this magician card. <laughs> His voice just Sorry. completely changes. <laughs> Sorry, I've had a lump in my throat for the last 22 episodes. Sorry, um, I've been crying because of my brother oh, who's been Jesus. imprisoned. And my dad who I killed. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so the... Where was I? The sword stalker attacks Curse of Dragon and Curse of Dragon actually disappears. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Yugi secretly played the monster replace card, which replaces Curse of Dragon with the card in Yugi's hand that has the strongest attack points, which is Dark Magician. And Dark Magician has more attack points than the Sword Stalker, so the Sword Stalker uh, gets obliterated. Um, with a actually like a fairly impressive visual effect it's like a little bit more budget spent on it he kind of like goes yeah. poof and then the the little like bits of him sort of fall and and crumple usually it's like triangular polygons going poof but in this case it was like 3d rendered cubes going poof yeah it, it looked was... like a like a tower of sugar cubes falling over yeah 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 and it was it was actually pretty well done um so that actually in terms of <laughs> Cards getting yeah, destroyed in this yeah, show. you know, and that actually does a little bit of damage to Kaiba. Uh, and then uh, Yugi re-summons Curse of Dragon, and Kaiba summons uh, the genie card. It's something like something Jin, like La Le- Jin, Le the Jin. mystical genie of the lamp. Uh, and then uh, he summons uh, the ancient lamp, uh, which is a magic card, I guess, and that puts the genie in the ancient lamp. Uh, and as Yugi attempts to attack the Ancient Lamp with Dark Magician, uh, he reveals that the Ancient Lamp actually absorbs the attack and redirects it at Yugi's other monster, which is Curse of Dragon. So then Curse of Dragon dies again uh, from effectively Dark Magician's attack, and that does damage to Yugi. And everyone's like, oh no, Like, what are we going to do? Like, This is terrible, and Kaiba's doing damage again. And, and then Yugi's like, shut up, everybody. We're just tied again. Like, it's fine. Uh, and he, like, kind of gives Kaiba a little wink, and he's like, looks like we're evenly matched. Uh, and uh, is that it? Yeah. Is that the end of the episode? No. Uh, Kaiba has his own, like, inner monologue where he's planning his next move. Oh, that's right. That's right. But yeah, guess, he... can you guess what his his neck, his uh, his grand scheme is going to be? No. Gee, I wonder. Could wait, it wait, be wait, to wait, get... Wait, wait, wait. Back up. Back up. Who's in this duel? Kaiba. Kaiba. And okay. Yugi. And Yugi. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and so it's Kaiba. So, so his secret plan... Mm, oh man um okay well you 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 tell me let's let it be a surprise could it possibly be to summon blue eyes white dragon no and then summon another blue eyes white dragon what and then summon another blue eyes white dragon and then combine them into a really big dragon shocker yeah his grand scheme that he monologues about for like a minute and a half is how he's going to bring out is fucking blue eyes white dragons again and combine them into one super nasty dragon to take out 
Take and out so, Yugi. So he does this in a really bullshit way too because he starts recapping like how he lost to Yugi before and how he has to figure out how Yugi even managed to pull off what he did. Uh, and so he starts doing this like scene by scene recap of the previous duel. And I actually forget now if this is at the end of the episode or the start of the episode. Maybe I just missed it earlier. But at he, some point he does at this. At some point he does this and he's like turn for turn, right? He goes, Okay, turn one, I summon blue eyes white dragon. Uh, and I defeated that monster and he thought that the dark magician could overpower my monster and it shows dark magician beating saggy the dark clown uh, But then I summoned my second blue eyes and my second blue eyes blew away dark magician uh, And then he's he, doing all the the freaking math of how these cards interacted with each other and he like can't figure out It's how very Yugi... much like there's like a there's like a, a beautiful mind scene where he's doing like the the swirling rotation of monsters in his head like figuring out the math that went into it and uh and he's like and then i i drew my third blue eyes and and they were unstoppable and i was going to crush all his monsters but then the unthinkable happened uh and it was impossible and i and i can't figure out how yugi managed to do it and you it got shows, all five cards and got your exodia that's how he won dipshit. yeah and it's like okay kaiba like i can tell you exactly how he did it he drew a card see right there this shot okay let's go frame frame by frame all right ready ready he draws a card uh-huh yep yep you got it he looks at it uh-huh mm-hmm yep and then he plays it, um, and and that's it. That's how he did it. That's he had the cards in his deck, and there are probably forty cards in the deck, so it's a one in eight chance that he would get any of the five cards. And he just did that five times. Not not that difficult to uh, to figure out there, bud. Oh, and then he crushed your mind using magic. Oh yeah, that <laughs> that does happen. <laughs> But he's kind of thankful for that in a way, like yeah, that that separated the evil that was controlling him from his his physical form, creating the weird evil clown, evil Kaiba. Um, but he's like obsessed with this idea of he needs to be able to use his blue eyes white dragons to defeat Yugi, and so he's like, okay, I'm gonna do the same thing again. I'm gonna do one, two, three blue eyes white dragons, and then. I'm going to play a card that I didn't get a chance to play last time, and it's going to complete my strategy of really defeating Yugi, and that is the ultimate... What does he call it? He calls it the ultimate fighting beast. No, no, no. Not, not what the card is. I know what the card's no. name is, because it's the dumbest shit. So if, if Kaiba, Mr. Blue-Eyes White Dragon himself, says to you, I have the ultimate beast of death and destruction... What would you imagine that that card's name is? Ultimate Beast of Destruction? No, well, okay, yes, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that is a card. Uh, but, like, if he goes, I'm going to combine my Blue Eyes White Dragons into this Ultimate Dragon, what would you call it? Ultimate Blue Eyes White Dragon? Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, actually. Yeah. Is the name. It's so, so, very close. so yours was actually probably a little bit better than the actual name of this card. <laughs> um, but he, like, announces it, like, Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon! And then it... I'm sure it sounds really cool in his head. Well, and that's the thing is, is he's only announcing it in his head. He doesn't say any of this out loud. So the whole time he's just standing there in what we've established is real time. <laughs> uh, and it ends on him kind of, like... In his mind palace, like he's evil. imagining him standing in front of Yugi with a blue eyes ultimate dragon, like roaring triumphantly behind him in this blaze of power. Yeah, he's fantasizing about having <laughs> the blue eyes ultimate dragon, like while he's dueling. Yeah, like he's in a position where he can live out this fantasy, and he's 
Like not even he he can't even wait for that. Oh man, can't wait to get my blue eyes ultimate dragon. Oh god. Can you imagine how the how ultimate the dragon would be if he had another blue eyes white dragon and hadn't ripped it up? I yeah, I wonder about this a lot. Like how many blue eyes white dragon cards do you think were probably made like in existence? Do we ever know? Do we ever tell like do they ever say? If I remember right, there's only like a handful and it might be just those four, which is why he wanted to get his hands uh, on it so badly. Because yeah. I remember from the manga that he like went around and like blackmailing people and like actually, I think, murdering people to get his hands oh, on these right. blue eyes, white that's dragons because right. there's now, only like four of them made. Now, I will say there is a point where we we can kind of compare this to the rules of the actual game. The rules of the actual game say that you can only have three of any given card in your deck. Okay. Kind of like the magic rule of four, is that right? You can yeah. only have four of any given A card. Playset. So it's three of any given card in Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, or at least it was in Duel Links. Uh, I honestly, I believe that that's the same in the actual card game. Um, and I bet you anything that they wrote that rule to make sense of Kaiba tearing up the fourth Blue Eyes White Dragon. Because I bet you... I mean, it still doesn't make sense. He could have just stolen it and put it in a vault in his freaking tower. Well, or like, since when is anyone in the show played by any sort of rules? Period. Like, he would just have a Blue Eyes White Dragon up his sleeve and be like, oh yeah, there's four. Whoops, oh well. Blue Eyes Ultimate, or Dragon, more, better Dragon. Blue eyes, more better dragon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... And then it is just a freeze frame of that saying, to be continued? Dun, does dun, does dun. it have a question mark? Or? No. Oh, okay, no, it's just a dot, dot, dot. Um, yeah, and and honestly, I think that sets us up for a pretty good like middle of this three-parter because now we pretty much know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jimmy, can't wait for them to dragon out another 50%. I can't wait for them to dragon... It out. Uh, <laughs> a, Nailed it. Uh, Jimmy, what was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part was a flashback to the original anime because it's like one of the only times they've ever acknowledged that other stuff happened before this show. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, I did notice that it diverted significantly, or at least it didn't show um, the rest of that episode, which we'll get to later, but... The rest of that episode is the one where they're in the diner and Taya actually gets kidnapped and held at gunpoint and Yugi sets that dude on fire. Oh. And I guess they're like, oh, let's not show that part of the show. Yeah. Let's skip to like a few days later. Yeah. Uh. When he's just a good kid and helps save his friend with a card game. Yeah, that seems more that seems more in keeping with the Yu-Gi-Oh that we that we know and love. Um, what was your yeah. favorite? My favorite, uh, I, so we watched these episodes with subtitles on and eh, your mileage may vary sometimes, but I really recommend watching this episode with subtitles on because of two moments. And both of them are when characters are laughing. Oh yes. Uh, the first one is, uh, Pegasus, uh, laughing towards the beginning of the episode and Pegasus. I mean, you know, Pegasus, like he doesn't, never does like a full like guffaw laugh no it's always um, like <laughs> and it's described in the subtitles as maniacal chuckling <laughs> which is my favorite description of what he does because it, that is absolutely it uh and later maniacal on chuckling. later on i'm trying to remember what character it is but it's, i think it was kaiba 
Oh, that's right. That's right. And it was uh, Chuckles Evilly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed that. There was a lot of chuckling going on this episode. <laughs> Many chuckles to be had. Oh, what a chuckle filled episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what was your least favorite? Hmm. It's a good question. My least favorite was, uh, it, it had to be Kaiba's grand reveal of how he was going to defeat Yugi. Mm-hmm. Because it's literally just the same thing that he tried to do last time. And the only thing that he's known for is bringing out Blue Eyes White Dragons. And wow, what a surprise. He's going to bring out Blue Eyes White Dragons. Like, that's a cliffhanger you're going to leave us on? <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, it's it's like less of a cliffhanger and more of just like a, it's like a it's like an appetizer. Yeah. Oh, you know it's what's a, coming. It's a teaser. Yeah. Can you guess what it'll be? Oh, it's going to be blue eyes white dragons, and it, coming up, more blue eyes white dragons. It's like these movie trailers that show you the whole plot of the movie. Yeah. Yep. I can't stand those. Anyway, what was your least favorite? I. So in the flashback scene, which, yes. I, know, which I know you love. And you, you love it for good reasons. They're, the part where Yugi and Joey leave her the card saying, hey, we found this space that you can use as like a ballet studio. Um, it's in a warehouse, but that's fine. Like, we'll meet you there at such and such a time. A, Joey doesn't come. That's true. He's just straight up not there. And B, Yugi's late. And like... Okay, that's that's fine. Like no, neither of those things inherently are bad, but if you're telling your like 16 year old female friend to go to a like a, a creepy a warehouse, creepy warehouse by herself in a bad part of town by herself at God knows what time, and like you know that there are some weird characters in that that neighborhood, like let her know ahead of time, or hey, better yet, go with her. You know, or like, take her to an actual dance studio instead of some weird warehouse. Thank you. Creep. Yes. Like, hey, instead of renting this weird space with your non-existent money, like sign her up for dance classes now, maybe like go to a community college. You know, they don't have to be like fancy. She doesn't have to go to New York right now, but she can, you know, take a take a night class. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. The whole concept of, hey, I rented you this warehouse space. I'll meet you there so you can dance while I watch is a little bizarre. It's really weird, right? It's really off-putting. And it's just like, you know, hey, female friend that I want to, like, get to know better and, like, genuinely appreciate having around as a platonic friend, like, come to this creepy warehouse where, like, there's definitely going to be a dude who, like, hits on you along the way. and, and Some tracksuit weirdo. Yeah, well, and that's literally what happens. Some tracksuit weirdo is like, hey, cutie, give me your wallet or whatever. And it's like, well, mm, I feel like Yugi should have known better. You know, if he really cared about Taya, he would have been more careful here. Yeah. I'm ashamed of them. He's also like, how old is he? Like 13? They're 13 or 14, I guess. So, like, they're not. It's not the sharpest card in the deck. They're not in their prime decision making phase, but, you know, like. Yeah. Use some common sense, child. Yeah, come on. So that was my worst. I'm just kind of, I was disappointed in Yugi in that time. And I'm, I'm glad that he did end up being there and I'm glad that Taya's okay. But like that whole situation could have been avoided so easily. Yeah. That was a scene just completely made up by 
the uh, the animators to like use in place of the rest of that other episode. Yeah, yeah, and you could kind of tell like it wasn't really in keeping with the rest of it because um, in the original episode he did save her, but mm-hmm. just from getting <laughs> shot through the head by a serial killer who escaped from prison. Yeah, which and it was like, oh, what 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 else could we he have saved her from? Um um um, how about a guy trying to muck her at a weird dance studio? Yeah. It was just that like, whole scene was <laughs> come really on, weird to me. It sounds like they came up with it in five minutes. I'm like, yeah, animate it, print it. Uh, <laughs> screw it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Sir, it's a cartoon. We'll do it live. Um, yeah. So I mean, that was yeah my least favorite. I think I do have an honorable favorite though. Is we're, we're back to episodes with Pegasus. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> Which I'm so excited for. <laughs> he he has been missing from his. Uh, his own island for too long. He's just been here and there. We, yeah, we've got like shots of him here and there, but we had a full-on dialogue scene between him and Kaiba. Um, and and I just, anytime he calls somebody boy, <laughs> um, I, I love it. Mm, Kaiba boy. Do it, did I ask this question last week? Like, what happens if he talks to girls? I think you mentioned that, yeah. I, I might we, have. I just, he hasn't addressed any I girls can't yet. stop thinking about it because I really want him to have a conversation with Mai where he goes, mm, my girl, <laughs> and, like, stumbles through it um, like I did just then. And, uh, yeah, that would make me really happy. All right. Well, hey, that's, uh, that's Face Off Part 1, Season 1, Episode 22. Did you have anything else you wanted to tack on there? Nope. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, next week, we're going to be talking about Face Off Part 2, which is Season 1, Episode 23, if you want to watch along. Um, but until then, it's, it's time, time to uh, 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 end the episode. Yeah, boy. Uh, so, Jimmy, as always, we'll end the episode with the card of the week. Uh, for those of you who have been curious about the card of the week, you can actually go to our website now. and uh, Random I, I, card generator. I put up a link to the random card generator. Uh, generator seems like a bad term. A random card finder, I guess. Um, yeah, generator sounds like we're making these cards. Yeah, and it and it pulls up uh, just a random card from most of the known Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I'm sure not all, because they're always releasing new cards. Um, it doesn't have the picture yet. That's why we, we struggle sometimes to find out what they look like. Uh, yeah, you find the card, and I'll look up what it looks like. Yeah, so... Uh, but go and take a look at it, uh, and it's on GitHub, so if you want to just like download the code, you totally can. Um, all right, so this week's Card of the Week, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, you are going to fucking love this. Oh, this, boy. This week's Card of the Week, Super Anti-Kaiju War Machine Mecha Dogoron. Sorry, what? Super Su- Anti-Kaiju okay, War Machine Mecha Okay, Super Anti-Kaiju War Machine <laughs> Mecha Dogoron. Okay, finally, it, the... Uh... This the is autocorrect a, picked it up after I typed in oh, like thank, five words. Christ. Uh, this is an eight-star card. It's a machine slash effect monster. Cannot be normal summon slash set. If your opponent controls a kaiju monster, you can special summon this card from your hand. You can only control one kaiju monster. Once per turn, you can remove two kaiju counters from anywhere on the field. If you do so, equip one kaiju monster from your hand or graveyard to this card. This card gains attack equal to the combined attack of the kaiju monsters equipped to it by this effect. It has negative two attack and 2,000 defense. Huh. Well, it's actually really cute. Look at this guy. It's like a little baby Mechagodzilla. Aww. Yeah, it's like son of Mechagodzilla. 
Oh, I love that. What's that on its on its back? Is that like a he, cannon? Let's see what he's got here. He's, he looks like, I don't know if you've all seen Mechagodzilla, but it's a, a robot version of Godzilla, as the name implies. This guy has glowing just everything, really. He's got a glowing spiky chest. He's got glowing spikes on his back. Then he's got like two jet wings and what looks like a jet engine just strapped to his back. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. Or maybe it's coming off of his wings. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like there might be another one on the other side. Oh, and pardon me. Okay, so this picture actually clarifies. He has question mark attack power because the attack is based on the equipped kaiju cards. Uh, And I think just in the spreadsheet that I have, the question mark got moved to a minus two for some reason. So anyway. And and then on one arm, he's got like, just like, like he looks like he's uh, one of those claw game claws yeah and like the other one's like a forklift and the other is like a forklift power loader kind of grabber thing and he's just a flying mecha godzilla baby and that super anti-kaiju war machine mecha dogoron which i can't imagine (laughs) they say out loud every time they play them in actual card games i would yeah if I had Super Anti-Kaiju War Machine Mecha Dogoron, you can bet your ass I'd be saying Super Mecha, Super Anti-Kaiju War Machine Mecha Dogoron every time I got the chance to say Super Anti-Kaiju War Machine Mecha Dogoron. <laughs> Super Anti-Kaiju War Machine Mecha Dogoron, I choose you. Uh, uh, well. Super Anti-Kaiju War Machine Mecha Dogoron. <laughs> Even though the sound of it is simply quite... A, like Tom Bergeron, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing rhymes with Dogeron. No, it doesn't. Uh, all right, folks, that's been our episode this week. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can at uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Yampod. That's Y A M P O D. Uh, you can find our website at Tyler.Games slash Y A M P or Welcome to Flavor Town slash Y A M P. You can email us at you activated my podcast at gmail dot com. Um, please do any of those things. Uh, Rate us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, pardon me. Uh, leave a review. Uh, it helps people kind of find our show um, because clearly we don't, you know, pay for advertising or anything <laughs> or get paid for advertising or I don't know how advertising on podcasts works. Um, so, you know, we, we rely on you to get the word out. And uh, it's been really cool seeing who likes our show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of surprising actually how many people like our show. Um, so uh, with that, I, I want to leave you guys on it and always remember that's uh, actually from a scene that we didn't talk about at all on this episode. Not a scene, so much a, a shot where, uh, uh, what, was, what was it? It was bandit Keith sort of it being revealed that he didn't in fact kill five teenagers. Oh yeah. I leave you on what he said. Uh, until next time, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 see you everybody. Bye.